Welcome everybody to a series designed to help you see all that you see through a lens of faith. To stop looking at all that you see in the, in the natural. To stop looking at all you see as the way it's always been. But through the lens of faith, because we believe in this series and in every series that we serve a God who can. That's the title of this series. If you're new with us today, joining us at Church Online, first time to listen to this podcast, watch on YouTube. We are in a collection of sermons that we are calling God Can, because foundationally in our faith, that is what we believe, that we serve a God who whenever we can't, he can. He's the God who can save. Come on, some of you joined us last week, or you were a part of part one, you watched it, you've listened to it, and now you know God can save. But he's the God who can provide, he's the God who can restore, he's the God who can fulfill, he's the God who can bring to pass. Oh, he can do so much. That's the God that we serve. And today, I'm so excited to unpack and unlock for us to help you so practically catch this reality that is true of our God because God can guide. God can guide. If you got your notes there uh, from our website or maybe you're taking notes today, I want you to get that on the inside of you, that God can guide. Now, it is one thing to believe that God can guide, that he has the ability, the power, the, the, the authority to guide. But it's a whole other thing to trust God's guiding. It's one thing to believe that, yes, in his power, in his infinite wisdom, that God can guide. It's a whole other thing to have the faith in your heart to trust the leading and the direction that God is trying to take you in and on. I don't know if you would believe this today, wherever you may find yourself, whatever's going on in your life, wherever you're living, whoever you're around, whoever you're watching this with, whoever you're listening to this with. I don't know if you would take this as, as, as the truth that it is. But even right here, even right now, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, God is trying to guide your life right now. He's trying to lead. He's trying to direct. He's trying to clarify for you. He's trying to, to send you on a path that would bring honor to his name, to send you on a path that would be good for your life because he knows the plans that he has for you and they're plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. He, he's trying to guide you. But I think sometimes the tension that we have in following, in trusting the guidance that God gives is that the way he guides is not the way we want him to or expect him to. See, a lot of us want God to blaze a, a, a highway for us to walk down where it's so clear, it's so obvious, it's prepaved, there's mileage markers so we know how far we got to go to our exit, like where it's like that. And he don't always work like that. Or we want God to pick us up and grab us and drop us then in the place he wants us to be, right? Like, we, we want him like one of them little machines at the little old school pizza restaurant. You know what I'm talking about? You just pick it. I'm going to get this one, and I'm going to throw it over here. We want God to do that to us. We want God to do that in our lives. And God doesn't always, in fact, most of the time, doesn't work like that. Come on, church people. We want him to open a door no man can shut. But what if he just left the door unlocked and it looked like it shut like, we want God to guide in, in these uh, 
almost like forceful, uncontrolled. I didn't have no choice, but God was guiding my life. And sometimes he does. But most of the time, he provides that consistent, clear, this is the way you should walk. This is the way you should go. This is what I have for you. This would be good for you. And maybe some of the ways that we're looking or hoping or even expecting God to guide isn't how he is going to guide us. See, God can guide. But do you know how he wants to guide? Do you know how he wants to guide your life in this season, in where you find yourself? And maybe the better question and the more important question really to ask is, are you willing to trust his guidance? When he says go, are you willing to go? When he says move, are you willing to move? When he says plant, are you willing to plant? When he says trust me, are you willing to trust him? Because God can guide. And today what I want to do is I want to help you to see it, but even more than just see it, I want you so personally and so practically to know how to filter all the inputs, all the information, all the, this seems like God, but it ain't God. This, this, there ain't no way God is in that, but God is in that. I want you to know how to sort and, and, and shift and schedule and move so that way you can say with confidence that I serve a God who can guide because I'm letting him guide my life. I'm trusting him to guide my life. And so today I want to turn your attention for a few moments, if you'll allow me, to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. The book of 1 Samuel is uh, found in the Old Testament scriptures and it marks the stories of the nation of Israel, much of it under the prophetic leadership of the prophet Samuel. And Samuel, as we're going to interact with him here, is still young. He's, he's a boy, as scripture defines. We don't know exactly how old he is, but he's, he, he ain't four years old, but he also ain't like, like 25. Like he's probably a teenager. And Samuel has this calling on his life, but it's a calling on his life because his mother was, was not able to have a child. And one day in prayer, the book of 1 Samuel tells us in chapter 1 that his mother was, was praying so fervently to God, asking God to bless her with a child, bless her with a son. She made a promise to God. She said, if, if you'll bless me with this child, I will, I will return him to you and have him grow up all the days of his life in your house. He can serve you. And God blessed her with a son named Samuel. And she did what she had promised to God to do. She returned him to the house of the Lord. And Samuel, from the time he was a a, a, a baby, it almost appears, certainly a small child, grew up in the tabernacle. Grew up serving God, serving God's people, serving God's house. And there's a, there's a moment where God is going to begin to guide Samuel personally. Not in the ways that he had guided him before, but God is trying to get the attention of Samuel. 
And it's those verses I want us to read, and then we're going to back out, and I'm going to bring this to your home, to your world, to your decision-making, to you trying to figure out, is this God telling me to do this, or did I eat something funky last night, that's the way I feel this. Is this God trying to lead me in this direction, or did I just watch a documentary two weeks ago and I can't get it out of my head? Is this God trying to lead me, or is somebody trying to manipulate me? I want to help you, because God can guide. Come on, if you're ready to hear God's word in the chat, I'd just love for you to say, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. First Samuel chapter 3, we're going to begin in verse 1. Here's the way the scripture reads. It says, the boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare and prophetic visions were not widespread. One day, Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his room. Before the lamp of God had gone out, Samuel was lying in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was located. Then the Lord called to Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. He ran to Eli, Samuel did, and said, Here I am. You called me? I didn't call, Eli replied. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Once again, the Lord called, Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, Here I am. You called me. I didn't call you, my son. He replied, go back and lie down. Now Samuel had not yet experienced the Lord because the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. Once again, for a third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. He told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came, stood there, and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. It's a beautiful story in the upbringing, in the rearing, in the development of the prophet Samuel. Samuel, who would be one of the most influential, one of the most significant, one of the most important prophetic leaders in the whole of Israel's history. It was under Samuel's leadership that God would anoint and begin to raise up kings, King Saul, King David. That was all under the leadership of Samuel. Samuel would, would be one who under his ministry and under his leadership, as you heard at the beginning of this, when he was a boy, the word of the Lord, words from the Lord prophetically were very rare prior to Samuel. But when Samuel showed up, God started talking. Hmm. And there are some realities I want you to draw for your life from this story. Some that are going to be quite obvious and some that are maybe a little less obvious. But they're significant because we can see in Samuel's story, we can see in this early interaction between him and God, as God speaks to him, as God calls his name for the first time, how God guides us. 
How God guides you even today. Yes, Samuel was from thousands of years ago, but God still can guide today. And I want to show you how he speaks to you. So if you're ready to take notes, ooh, I would take some notes today because I would write this down. I'd make sure I got every fill in the blank, but more than that, I'd allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me as I speak to you. You see, in your notes, if you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to write this down because I want you to know that God can guide you through his word. And if you didn't know, that's a capital W. That's a, I'm talking about the word of God. For you, for me, I'm talking about the scriptures. I'm talking about the Bible. I'm talking about the holy, authoritative, written word of God. God can guide you. God can guide me through his word. In fact, the guiding of God is always started and supported by his word. The scriptures really are our clear and consistent foundation for what God's will is for our lives, wherever he's trying to guide us. Can I tell you, he is trying to guide every person that would put their faith in him. He's trying to guide every person that doesn't have a faith in him through the revelation that is his word. His word is the primary, it is the foundational way that he guides us. It is where all guidance from him starts and it's where all guidance from him is supported. If I could say it another way, if it's against the word of God, it's not the will of God. I'll let that, let that just sit in your heart for a second, okay? I said if it's against the word of God, then it is not the will of God. The problem is we are so good at tricking ourselves. We are so good at convincing ourselves that, oh, I think this must be God. Even though what we say we think must be God is, is verifiably refuted by the word of God. Let me say it again for a third time. If it's against the word of God, it's not the will of God. I don't care what you convince yourself of. I don't care who you found who seems influential, who seems spiritual, who seems like they have some semblance of knowledge of the scripture. I read somewhere that there would be a day where people would be able to find people who would tell them whatever their itching ears wanted to hear. No, 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 no. If it's against the word of God, it's not the will of God. I don't care how logical it sounds. I don't care how sensible it sounds. I don't care how caring it sounds. I don't care how compassionate it sounds. I don't care how tolerant or how modern or how progressive or how conservative or how in touch what you hear is. You better hear me. If it's against the word of God, it is not the will of God. Full stop. If it's against his word, it's not his will. Now, some of you may be looking at, at, at Samuel's little story that we dove into and say, okay, I, I agree with your sentiment, preacher, but I don't see that there. Oh, you don't see it because you have to see it there. See, the setting of this account is them following the written word of God. In that day, Eli was the priest. And interesting enough, if you continue to read, or if you read 1 Samuel chapter 2, what is right before what we read, or you read 
a, a continuation, just picking up in verse 11 of chapter 3, what you will find is that Eli, yes, is the priest. He is the man of God uh, serving in the tabernacle at that time. But Eli has, um, ha- has now drawn the disdain of God. And, and, and God is fed up with Eli. And the reason God is fed up with Eli is because Eli will not follow the written word of God concerning his own family. And so the whole reason that God begins to speak to Samuel even as a boy is because God is telling Samuel prophetically what he's going to do to Eli and to Eli's house because Eli won't follow the written word of God. If I could take it a step further, the whole reason that Samuel is even in the house of God is because of promise that his mom made to God, which had to be carried out because of the written word of God. The reason that Samuel was in the place that he was in, the reason that Eli was in the position that he was in, the reason that they were in the tabernacle, the reason that they were around the place where God would speak in that day is because of the written word of God. If God was going to speak, he was going to speak there. If God was going to talk to anybody and get anybody's attention, it was going to happen there. The whole reason Samuel's positioned where he was, that he was in a place where God could speak to him, is because they were following well what the written word of God said. God's word, his written word, is like a map. It is concrete, it is consistent, and it is clear. I know sometimes you've probably opened the scriptures before and been like, what? What's going on here? You know? And I understand that. But his word does not change. His word brings life. His word is consistent. It is concrete and it is clear his word doesn't change i know people will try to tell you different things about his word and that is them misinterpreting his word to use a big word on you that is them eisegeting what the scripture actually says but the word of god as he gave it to us the word of god as it's been revealed to us the word of god it has been written recorded and stamped sealed approved canonized is consistent and what he said in his word is clear, it is concrete, and it doesn't change. His word still says for us to love our enemies. Those people that want nothing more than to do harm to us, we are to love them. I don't care what somebody tells you. I don't care how somebody tells you you should get really, really mad about about the way they are and and not treat them well and not love them and not forgive them because they're your your political enemy or they are your racial enemy or they are your socioeconomic enemy. No, 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 no. We are to love our enemies. Full stop. There's not been a time where God has said, I would like to offer the First Amendment to the Bible. And I would like to redact this idea of loving your, no, 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 no. It's our map. It's clear. It's consistent. It's concrete. We offer forgiveness to people who don't deserve forgiveness. We are to lose count of our forgiving. That is the word of God. 
We are to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. That is the clear and consistent word of God. We are not to give bitterness a foothold. That is the clear, consistent written word of God. We are to leverage our resources, our time, our money, our influence, our talent, our everything that we have for the glory of God and the good of those around us. It is clear, consistent, concrete. It's like a map. Clear, consistent, concrete. The question when it comes to this guiding really is, do we, do you, do I follow the map? Are we out here going on adventures on our own? See, because if God gives you the map and you won't follow the map, is that on God or is that on us? If there's clarity as to what pleases him, clarity into what he calls us to, clarity into how we are to act, how we are to manage, how we are to navigate, all these many things that he has been so clear on in our lives. If we aren't doing what he has made clear and concrete, is that on him or is that on us? See, sometimes I think God is up in heaven looking at us live our lives. Looking at us do things in the name of God. Looking at us say that we are trying to do a thing and trying to serve God and trying to be a... And he's watching us uh, and, and, and what wants to be uttered out of his mouth, but he restrains himself sometimes. But what he'd like to utter out of his mouth is the same thing Siri be telling you when you open up maps and you create a direction from where you are to where it is you want to go. And you start following it for a minute because it's clear and it's consistent and it's concrete. But then all of a sudden you get a, you get a, you get a hankering, if you will, to, to, to maybe find a different route. Or you get, a, you, get a, you get a desire to pull over and get you something to eat. And then, and then that eating, it's like, man, I need to get something to drink. And then, oh, block over here, there's another gas station. Let me go to the gas station and get some gas while I'm over here. And the whole time, if you've ever used maps... Your phone will continue to offer you this um, encouragement, as they may think of it, but sometimes it feels a little annoying because what it's going to tell you is you need to proceed to the root. Proceed to the root. You want to know what God's trying to tell you today? Some of you need to type this in the chat. Some of you need to write this on, on your own hand because this is the word of God. To proceed to the root. God has made painstakingly clear painstakingly obvious where it is you're supposed to go. <laughs> he said, walk in this way. He put a blue line from where you are to where you're supposed to be. And it is clear. And it is consistent. And it is concrete. But sometimes we start, start trying to do in our own power, in our own way, and we call it God, but we're just going to be over here a little bit, and I'm just going to test some things out over here, and I just want to explore what's going on over here. And God's like, baby, no, 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 proceed to the root. I have a way you're supposed to walk. Walk therein. Proceed to the root. I know what's best for you. I know the way you need to go, and I know it looks interesting over there. I know you think this scenic route might be, but no, no, proceed to the root. I know the, the map that I set out for you seems a little not as paved as you expected. That's okay. Proceed to the root. Because God's word is a map for you. Clear, consistent, and concrete. 
and you start wandering, his word to you is going to be, come back to where I told you to be. Proceed to the root. See, I'd love for you to write a few things down about the word to help you understand the, the clarity that it wants to give, the clarity that it does give, the clarity that God uh, desires for it to be, the foundation that he desires for it to be. Write this down in your notes. See, the word is where God's guiding is started. The word is where God's guiding is started. The, the guidance and the leadership of God in your life does not start anywhere but in his word. This is the first place we should always look to figure out what should I do with this. We don't go to his word for confirmation. We go to his word for direction. See, the problem is a lot of us try to find a little Bible verse that we can take out of its context and have it confirm what it is we already thought. No, 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 no. We go to the word for direction. We go to the word for direction because God's word is where God's guiding started. So when you have a decision to make, when you're trying to figure out what you should do in a particular moment, maybe you've got a decision to make about your career or a decision to make about your finances or a decision to make about some friends that you're gonna allow into your life, somebody you're thinking about dating, uh, how to rear your children. You're trying to think about how to navigate a particular business uh, uh, scenario. Some of us will try to gather the opinion of all sorts of people and say, well, they're a good person. They're a well-meaning person. And they had said, so I think it's okay. What we need to do in these moments is play a game of, what's the word say? What's the word say? What's the word say? I, I, know, I know you said it seems prudent, but what's the word say? I know you said it would save you some money, but what's the word say? I know you said like, like everybody's doing it this way, but what's the word say? The word is where God's guiding is started. Day in, day out. Year in, year out. The guiding of God will never start in any other place but in his word. The word is where God's guiding is started. The word is where others' guiding is sifted. It's, it's cleaned out. It's figured out. We, we love to get the opinion and the advice of other people, and that has its place, and I'm going to get to it in a second. But the word is where we bring their advice to sift it and to see whether or not what they say is actually true to see whether or not what they say is good guidance for us as followers of God or not, to see whether what they say is actually something that holds to the test of his word or not. The word is where other people's guiding, other people's opinion, other people's quote-unquote wisdom gets sifted because there are other ways that God guides, and sometimes those can get misconstrued. And what you and I should always do, always do, if we want the God who can guide to be the guide that we trust, to be the guide that we follow, if we want what he can do to be what we allow him to do in our lives, then you need to understand the word is where all this other instruction, the word is where all this other opinion gets sifted. See, the word is where God's guiding is 
started. And the word is where others guiding is sifted. But also, the word is where unclear guiding is straightened. There are ways that God can guide us that are easily misunderstood. So take all your thinking, take all your plans, and bring it to the word. And if it doesn't line up with what the word says, if it doesn't fall in place with the trajectory and direction and purposes that God has already revealed in his word, then let that thing get straightened out by the word. Because the word is where God's guiding is started. God can guide you through his word. And the reason it's foundational is because it's clear and because it's consistent and because it's concrete. But I need you to know that we are only as available to be guided in other ways as we are actually guided by his word. Oh, we get real caught up in some of these fanciful the ideas that I'm going to touch on here in just a minute. We go in there because the, Samuel goes there and God goes there and he wants to guide you in that way. But please understand, we are only as available to be guided in other ways as we are actually guided by his word. The reason Samuel could be guided by the voice of God is because he had followed what the word said and he was in the place he was supposed to be. You and I are only as available to be followed or to be guided by God, to follow his guidance in, in nuanced ways, in specific ways, as we are willing and able and actually following the revealed, consistent, concrete direction of God through his word. God can guide you through his word. But God can guide you, write this down, through his wisdom. Yes, he can guide you through his word, but he can also guide you through his wisdom. When the voice of God calls out to Samuel, Samuel, as the scripture tells us, has, has never heard the voice of God before. He thinks it's the voice of Eli. And because he heard something that he didn't understand in the beginning, he went to Eli. Because Eli was the priest. Eli was the man of God. Eli was the consistent, faithful, wise counsel in Samuel's life. And so Samuel went to Eli, even when Eli didn't even understand what Samuel was bringing to him, right? I mean, I mean Samuel goes to him and says, no, 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 I didn't say go, go back to sleep. <laughs> And then Samuel hears the voice of God again, and he goes to Eli, and he says, Eli, what you need? And Samuel's like, eh, 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 and he needed to go back to sleep. And then it happens a third time, and Eli, Eli's like, oh, oh, it took him a while to figure out. See, a lot of us don't have that same kind of grace and patience with wisdom in our lives. The thing about Samuel is Samuel trusted the source even more than he did the advice. We, 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 we want people to tell us the right thing every single time. We want people to tell us what we want to hear, what we want to do, what we expect to happen, what will sound prosperous or blessing to us. Hear me. Samuel was willing to take advice that was inconclusive at best for a while because he had a trust in the source of that wisdom. See, the truth is most people aren't looking for wisdom. 
They're looking for affirmation. They're not looking for somebody to tell you, this is what God would have you do. This is what God would want in a situation like that. Based on his word, based on what I know of you, this is what would be right. What most people are looking for is somebody who already thinks what they are thinking, and they can just put their stamp of approval. You know, I heard this preacher tell me exactly what I had thought there, and so I really, really like them. What, what about that preacher that tells you what you didn't want to hear, but you know it's true? What about that preacher that pushes you, that challenges you? What, what about that thing that you listen to that, 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 that sometimes makes you mad because you know that you're going in the wrong direction, but you know it's true? See, most of us aren't looking for wisdom. We're looking for affirmation. We know what advice we want, and we connect and disconnect ourselves to sources who will tell us what it is we want to hear. That's not wise, friend. You need to find you a source or two that you can trust and that you can trust in that moment with what they know that they're going to give you all the godly wisdom that they have to give. Because they know you and they know God. See, God's wisdom, you can write this down, is like a mentor. It is close, it is curious, and it is custom. See, I need wisdom in my life from sources that know me, not from places that peddle platitudes. I mean, if you're looking for a spiritual fortune cookie, you can just open up Instagram and scroll for a minute or search spirituality, and somebody will say something, and if you scroll long enough, you will crack open the cookie that says, like, oh, that's wisdom for me. No, you just found something that affirmed what you were already thinking, and now because you got a little square on your phone that tells you the same thing, you feel like, thus saith the Lord. Nah. I want wisdom that comes from people that know me that know how God has wired me, that know my strengths and know my weaknesses, know what's good about me and what's not good about me, know what's happening in my world, what's happening in my situation. So when I, when I bring them or ask them for their thoughts or when they hear from God on my behalf, I know that they're close. I know that they're connected. I know that they're curious about my life. And what they say to me is custom for me. See, I have a few people in my life in, in, in different areas who I call on for wisdom or they reach out to me from time to time just to inject wisdom into my life. It's not everybody. It's not people who just know me from afar. It's people who know me, know me. And what they say carries weight for me. But whatever they tell me, the first thing that happens with it is it has to get sifted through the word of God. And then if what they say holds the test that, yes, this seems like what God has clearly said in his word, then whatever they may say from there, I trust. I follow. I walk in. Because I know God can guide me through his wisdom. See, God gives and guides through wisdom because, and this is going to bother some of you, but it's true. Not everything is explained in the Bible. There's a statement sometimes people like to put on the Bible that the Bible never put on itself. And they will say that the Bible is their only rule for faith and practice. And I mean, the Bible covers a lot. And there's a tenor and trajectory in the scriptures that can guide us in way more things than what the Bible even just speaks to directly. But the problem is for many people is that if 
If they say they're going to follow God, I'm going to trust his word. If they don't see it explicitly stated in the word, they are not given to the wisdom of godly counsel. They think that means they can do whatever the heck they want to do. That's not wise. That's not wise. There's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end leads to judgment. I know sometimes the things that God may call you to, the things that he may ask of you, the things that sometimes wisdom may speak into your life, whether through a sermon like this, whether through a conversation with a friend who loves God, whether through counseling, whether through a mentor, whether in a small group, whatever it might be, sometimes the wisdom we may get may seem like out of bounds, out of touch, out of reach for us. But I read somewhere that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are not like our thoughts. And maybe sometimes God wants to bring wisdom into your life, but he wants to bring it through people who love God, who will tell you the truth. And they're not just coming along to pat you on the back and affirm you. They're coming along to challenge you and to keep you on the line that God has set for you. See, there's wisdom in sound counsel, in having people around you who can speak into your life, speak into decisions, bring wisdom and perspective to you. People older than you, people younger than you, people who see the world differently than you, but yet love God, know his word, love his word, follow his word. But their opinion does not come before his word. The wisdom of people does not come before what the word of God says. His word is primary. His word is foundational, and God can guide because his word is clear and consistent, concrete. But even on these journeys, we need wisdom to help us navigate situations that just seem unclear, to help us navigate realities in our life and in our world and in our leading situations and in our raising kids and in our dating people and in our going to school and in whatever life might look like. We need godly wisdom. We need sound counsel because there's wisdom in that. But their opinion doesn't come before his word. And there's wisdom in common sense. We love common sense. We love logic. But hear me, that logic doesn't come before his word. I mean, today we are so smart, so well-researched, so studied, so somebody is doing it, uh, and he said, well, somebody has an experience, somebody can tell us. We know so much today that quite honestly, if I'm just being honest with you, maybe trying to impart a little wisdom to us, I think we rely too much on logic because we tell ourselves this makes sense, therefore it must be God. This makes sense practically, therefore it must be God. This makes sense based on, based on some of my feelings, therefore it must be God. This makes sense financially, therefore it must be God. And we convince ourselves to do things. We convince ourselves that we can't afford to give because we bought a new car and we moved into a new place. And so now I just can't afford to give. And it's probably, okay, God understands my needs and what's going on. He's going to be all right. I know that seems logical. But that's not wise. But everybody does this as they date. Everybody views this the same. All my friends do. So I must. But what does his word say? 
What does wisdom tell you? There's wisdom in common sense. But that logic doesn't come before his word. Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And if the common sense we are attempting to trust or presently trusting is trying to guide you against what the word says, hear me, it's not a wisdom to be trusted. Because God can guide you through his word. And God can guide you through his wisdom. But there is one more reality I want to turn your attention to today. And it's probably the most apparent in Samuel's story. And it's the fact that God can guide you through his whisper. God can guide you through his whisper. See, God wanted to speak directly to Samuel. Even though Samuel didn't know or understand the voice of God. He didn't know what God's voice sounded like. He thought it was Eli. So Samuel does something that I do not need you to miss. You have to grasp this, particularly those of you who call yourself people of faith, particularly those of you who believe that God does whisper to you like I do. Um, Samuel took the whisper to his wisdom first. When God begins to whisper the name of Samuel to get his attention, Samuel did not, in arrogance, say, Woo, God's talking to me. Nah, I must be something. Or be like, oh, I know that ain't no Eli. He, or ignore it. He didn't do that. He took it to wisdom. And his wisdom helped point him in the right direction to understand, to hear, ultimately to apply and follow the whisper of God. It was taking that whisper to his wisdom that enabled him to have the confidence to lean into the whisper. See, I always question a whisper that hasn't, can't, or won't be taken to wisdom. Some people try to act all spiritual, talk about God told me and can't nobody tell me nothing. But did you get wisdom on that? Because I know you felt something or thought something or maybe, maybe even God did whisper to you in that. But if you have the inability to take what you think God told you to wisdom, to wise counsel, to somebody that knows you and loves you, that knows the Lord and loves the Lord and can, can help you lay this and sift this through the truth of God's word. In the unique season, the unique situation, the unique parameters and reality, strengths and weaknesses of your life. See, the question you have to ask yourself when a whisper comes your way is do the people in your life see that? commend that, agree with that? Or would they be as shocked as some random person on the street that somehow God would be saying that to you? See, I've had plenty of folks in my life tell me that they've made significant decisions after they've made the significant decision. 
And they'll try to be spiritual and say, well, we've been praying about it. And maybe I was their pastor or their youth pastor. And it's like, well, we've been praying about it. And this is the first I've heard of it. It's like, huh, guess I really wasn't your pastor. Or God, God spoke to us, so we think we need to do this. We are going to, I can't tell you how many times people have, in trying to man say, well, you know, God told us to leave the church. It's like, funny, God didn't tell me to tell you that. Maybe, maybe I'm not wisdom in your life. Maybe I entertained you for a season. Or maybe I provided an environment for you to go and feel spiritual for a minute, but I certainly wasn't wisdom in your life. Because you see, anytime you hear a whisper, you should take that whisper to wisdom. Because God's whisper, write this down, is like a mystery. It's confusing and it's challenging, but it's cementing. The whisper of God is like a mystery. People love to ask, well, what does the voice of God sound like to you? And to be honest, I don't know how to articulate it. And I do words professionally. <laughs> and I don't know how to explain it to you. But I do know that God don't be talking to me every single moment of every single day. Those of you, if you've been to church like three times or heard me preach more than about twice, you know that I'm not the type that runs around talking about God told me, God told me, God told me, God told me, God told me. I don't try to play that card a lot. But can I tell you, there have been some moments in my life where God told me to do something. God burdened my heart to do something. God brought clarity. God brought purpose. And as confusing and mysterious as that may sound or seem, it has cemented things. And the person standing in front of you right now is someone who's doing their best to let God guide their life through his word and align my life to his word and who has wisdom in his life, who, who will speak into the nuances and the, and the places and the decisions, the things that go on, but also somebody who has been marked and cemented by a few whispers from God. I mean, I could take you to the place outside of Hendersonville, Tennessee, Jackson, Conference Center, Camp Grant, or when I was in ninth grade, going into ninth grade, I was in a youth camp service, and I felt God whisper to me this calling into ministry. And I ain't been to that room in years, but I pray, I don't care where they put the stage, I don't care where they, I don't care if they tore it down, I can take you to the spot. I can take you to the spot, and they did tear this down, in the RCA Dome in Indianapolis, where I was at a, a, a service there, going in between 11th and 12th grade. It was like this national convention with the youth stuff that I was a part of. And I was in this service, and I don't talk about this particular moment very often, but I was in a moment where, during like an altar time, there was a weight on me as I like kneeled on this concrete floor, and it was so heavy, I couldn't get up. Like, I couldn't move. And I could look around, and I remember seeing other people moving around. I was like, this ain't everybody, this is just me. And I remember this whisper from God saying, I've got a calling on your life that is heavy. And I'm going to give you the strength to walk in it. And I didn't know what that meant. 
but I've never forgotten the weight of that moment. I could take you to the church in Dallas, Texas, to the back row pew where the, the whisper of God told me to pour my life into building the local church. Because truth be told, at that time I was just starting seminary and I didn't really know what I was supposed to do. I had a little bit of a gift of gab. People thought I could be a communicator and maybe I was going to be a traveling preacher because that kind of sounded fun. You only really got to work one day a week, unlike a regular pastor who got to work all day, every day, every night, every day. But like you just travel around, preach a little bit and I could get a couple of good sermons together and go travel around and do this and it'd be great. But God said, pour your life into building the local church. And so that is what I have done since that moment. I could take you to Robert Church Park, right outside of FedEx Forum, where God whispered to me, if this is what basketball could do to bring people together, because see, it was 2011, right after game six of the first round of the NBA playoffs, and our Grizzlies had just beat the San Antonio Spurs, and I saw white people hugging black people, and I saw rich people shaking hands with poor people, and I saw people that didn't have no business talking to one another being brought together, and as I walked out, God whispered to me, if this is what basketball could do to bring a city together, what could a church committed to the city, committed to people, do to bring people that would never be together, together. I could take you there. I could take you to the spot in Oak Haven where God broke my heart for the reality and plight that is rentals for single moms. And I got so disturbed and the Holy Spirit just spoke something in me that you need to change this. You need to fix this. can't explain all that. But I know I've had wisdom in my life over the years confirm what I heard whisper. In those moments and others, all reflect the consistent character, the consistent direction that God calls us to in his word. And so they make me who I am. It's mysterious, I know. But they make me who I am. It's not every day, but they make me who I am. Somebody asked me this week, because they were just hearing some of the stuff that we were doing and some of the stuff I'm involved in and kind of where I've been or whatever, and they were like, they, why, why are you in Memphis? And I'd been thinking about these words a bit and thinking about this, this sermon as we've been crafting it, and I, I told them a, a different answer than, than I often do, because I often say, well, I love the city, and it's true. Or I'll say, you know, I'm from here, and it's true. Or I'll say, you know, God really burdened our heart for the city, and it's true. But I just told them the most spiritual answer anybody could ever say, you know, like, and they weren't really a person of faith. They said, why do you love this city? I said, God told me to. God told me to love this city. God told me to pour my life and my energy and my resources and anything I could into the people of this city to let them know that they're loved by God. And so that's what I do. Because of a whisper. The truth is, sometimes God will speak to your heart too. But honestly, it's a lot rarer than maybe you want it to be. Because the truth is, most of us want this, this flow to happen the other way. We want God to whisper to us. We want to know what his voice sounds like. We want to answer our phone and be like, I what you need. And then we want wisdom to come around and tell us what it is we want to hear. And then help us to select from the word what it is we do and don't do. And it don't work like that. 
The will of God starts in the word of God. If it's not in his word, if it's against his word, it is not in his will. And then wisdom comes along and supports and brings structure to it. And then there are whisper moments where God will get your attention like he got Samuel's attention. And he will speak to you what he has to say to you. And he will tell you what it is you need to know. And it ain't going to happen every day. It may not happen every year. It may not happen every decade. But they will be moments, mysterious moments. But they cement your following God. Because God can guide you. The problem is so many of us are so off course. The word of God to most of us today is just this. Proceed to the root. And maybe for some of you that comes as a whisper of God. Okay, proceed to the root. Maybe some of you it comes from wisdom. Because maybe, maybe you would allow me to be someone who could speak wisdom into your life. Can I tell you, if you've gotten off course, if you've gotten off proceed to the root. Because his word is clear, consistent, and concrete. And if you want him to guide the way he can, proceed to the roots. You see, God isn't trying to give you guidance. He's trying to guide you. But he can't be your guide if you won't follow his guidance. The more you say, God, I'm going to do what I know you've told me to do. God, I am walking in the ways that you have made clear in your word. Can I tell you? The more you'll see the wisdom he brings into your life. The more you will see the whisper of the spirit of God lead you, guide you, and direct you like only he can. Because God can guide. God will guide. His guidance to you, I believe, on today, proceed to the root. Some of you have wandered in some ways. You used to trust God with your talent, but now you don't. You, 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 you used to be committed to his house, but now you're not. You used to give, but now you've talked yourself into why you don't need to give, why you don't have to give. You, you, you used to pray. You used to take your, your, your needs to God, but now it's like, I don't really know about all that. You used to worship. You used to prioritize the things of God, the house of God, the people of God, and now you don't. Proceed to the root. Because if you want God to guide your life, walk in his ways as revealed in his word. And you will find his guidance in every area of your life like you never have before. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you today. I pray this word would speak to our hearts, but also it would challenge us to walk in your ways, to walk with you as you show us how. Heavenly Father, I ask you to call to our attention individually and collectively those places where we've wandered and help us proceed with passion back to the root that you've called us to realizing that you can guide and you will guide if we'll walk in the way you've shown us so father i pray you strengthen us you challenge us and you help us to be not just hearers of this word but doers as well for the honor of your great name
Jesus, we pray all this in your powerful name. And everybody said, amen.